This is a podcast from Rover. Hello, welcome in. You're locked on Rural Exchange, the show known as Rex, and you can listen to the podcast, the full shooting box, anytime on the Rover app. Download it and type in Rex and Bob's your uncle. We're here thanks to Carter's Tyres, the agricultural tyre specialist. Visit carterstyres.co.nz or call 0800 4 Carters. Uh, yes, you're listening to Royal Exchange. Great to have your company. We're going to be catching up with Groundswell's Jamie McFadden. That'll be interesting. Very shortly, Gisborne farmer uh, Alex Campbell uh, managed to farm through two cyclones, and we chat with Wisewool, a co-founder, fresh off a country calendar appearance uh, last week. So that's all uh, coming up here. Tread true from Carter's Tyres, innovative real-time tyre management systems. Save up to 30% on every tyre in your fleet. Carterstyres.co.nz. 0800 for Carter's Tyres. This is Rex Rule Exchange on podcast and on Magic Radio. Well, Alex and Megan Campbell farm 430 hectares in uh, Hangaroa in Gisborne, a large part of it being the original Awapapa station. Alex has farmed through two cyclones and tough economic downturns, one that resulted in them having to sell up. But he loves the challenge. And now as a managing partner, he joins us now. Greetings, Alex. How are you? Yeah, good as gold. Good yep. as gold. Yep, as good as you can be, no doubt, after what's been a very tough year to date. Look, how did you end up farming on on the Awapapa station there? Well, um, I bought it off my father um, around uh, around the period of bowler. Um, so I had the, um, I, yeah, worked hard in my younger years, um, saved up enough uh, money to uh, for a deposit to by Awapapa, a um, little bit unique. I think it was probably one of the last farmers that Rural Bank settled uh, before they were privatised. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how I uh, came to uh, rearing calves on nurse cows when I was young and as I grew up and, and so forth. I've uh, got enough cattle together to uh, deposit on Awapapa. Yeah. You, look, so you farm through two cyclones now. Look, tell us about the, the effect of, of each well, um, probably was more economic. Um, look, as far as um, uh, um, economics, um, Gabriel was walking the park. Um, as far as devastation, um, Cyclone Bowler was a walk in the park. Um, sure, a lot of erosion and so forth in Cyclone Bowler, but Gabriel just went to another level and yeah. just massive impact on infrastructure, roads, bridges. Um, uh, yeah, um, Cyclone Bowler, good breeding ewe was worth $20. Yes. Um, um, a lamb with dollar a kilo, 20 kilo lamb, $20. Uh, today, we're finished bullock is still around $2,000 and a finished lamb is $150, so there's cash. Farmers do have cash in Cyclone Gabriel. Alex, can I just say thank you for saying that because I cop a lot of stick for saying this, but at times are actually a lot better now than they were post-Bowler because they were disgracefully tough times post-Roger Economics. You're listening to Rex Real Exchange on podcast and on Magic, and we're with Gisborne Farmer Alex Campbell. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting distinction you made there, Alex, between the um, the devastation and the actual financial impact of the, the two cyclones because they have been quite yep. quite different in that sense. But I understand that you guys did some tree planting uh, on the station after Bowler. Can you tell us about what you did and what actually has survived the best after Gabriel? You know, what could we learn? 
Well, the father came from Invercargill in 1967. There was not a tree on the place. Um, he was forward thinking. Um, and the East Coast is one of the most erodible regions in the world. Um, he could see that um, ahead. He started a tree planting program. Um, he laid the foundation. Come bowling, he had all the gullies planted. Um, he had some of the hills planted. And we had a lot of damage on the hills. Um, and I took over and I filled the gaps, basically. Um, Cyclone Bowler, well, there's no gully erosion on Awapapa. Um, and quite a lot on the hills. So we planted woodlots on the steeper country and space planted poplar throughout. When you, so, um, when you say woodlots, Alex, is that pine or something else? Um, a mixture. Predominantly pine. Predominantly pine. My father said pines are not ideal. The rotation's too quick. And for he, he planted pines, but he also planted um, uh, various other varieties. Uh, redwoods, Casey and Melanoxon. Um, Douglas fir, just uh, good productive alternative varieties, longer term. They weren't cash flow. The pine was cash flow. The uh, he planted longer term. This too is, much damage. Yeah. This is Rex Real Exchange on Magic, Alex. It'd be fair to say you know the highs and lows of the farming game, uh, especially getting through the the tough time of a mortgagee sale. Can you can you share with us what that was like? Well, you know, how do you think it was like? I mean, you know, I'd spent my life, um, I was 48. So basically leaving school to 48, we'd just built, gradually built, and just kept building on, um, bought the farm off my father, and rather than just sit on our laurels and farm away, we expanded. Um, it, it, 300 hectares of effect, it wasn't, economy of scale it wasn't really big enough so we expanded um so yeah then all of a sudden one day at the height of your career you've got to expect to walk away from the whole lot um well we started from nothing in the outset so i I, you know i've got a relatively open mind well we'll start the second time from nothing um so, yeah, it's uh, yeah not an exercise for the faint-hearted. Um, we certainly weren't in any hurry to to run away from what we had. Very, very fortunate to have the opportunity to continue um, uh, with the foundation we'd started. So, no financial security from the outset, but we still able to continue. Yeah, yeah, no, marvellous. Look, I can remember going to some of those mortgagee sales and, and the um, the clearing sales in the late 80s and, you know, early 90s, and, and there were a power of them. And um, as you say, how would you feel? I mean, you going to one, you felt absolutely gutted. Imagine being at the heart of one of them. What's your key message to somebody now who hopefully with the prices that we're getting, and, and that shouldn't be ignored because the prices are bloody good, uh, unlike uh, the late 80s. What's your key message to somebody now who might be finding themselves in a, in a similar uh, tough position as you were around the time of that mortgagee sale? Well, for a start, don't give up and um, have faith. Um, 
One of the problems in these situations, farmers don't, farmer gets in trouble and people sort of inclined to stand back. It's not their business, not their financial business. Um, Don't be shy. Um, And for those around people in trouble, don't be shy to go in and look, it's, it's not the problem, it's a solution. Yeah. My sister gave me a book and the book said, Never give up, and you know who wrote that? Donald Trump. Now there was there was some really really strong. This long before he ever became president, but some really positive messages in that. Turn your opportunity, your challenges into opportunities. Um, turn your problems into solutions. Um, you know, have faith. Um, utilize what skills you've got to somehow or other work forward. I suppose the big thing when these missiles hit you, give it 24 hours, bang. Yeah. When the decision is made, give it 24 hours, keep thinking, keep thinking. And there's positive things do come out of them. There are positive things that you can do, and that's basically what we've done. Whatever we've had, we've just turned one thing, just get something and make something positive out of it. Can you explain a little bit more, Alex, You know what the sort of things that you have tangibly done that other people might... I feel like I'd like to know a little bit more about that. You know, you've obviously really had the ability to to pull yourself out of it and to to think, okay, what what can I do? So I, I'd just love if you could actually tell us a little bit more about what what you've actually done. Well, um, a multitude of things. <laughs> We're pretty, you know, it's not much I can't do. Um, whether it's drive machines, run sawmills. Um, uh, hold, look at the sport horses. Um, for instance, six years ago, I'd never trained, never bred. Um, was a little bit frightened of a horse. Um, so you know, the sport horse project is one little thing that's come up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, um. Does that answer your question? What else? Yeah, yeah, no, I think it does, and I'm glad. I'm glad you've um, brought up the horses because obviously um, I've been. I was really excited when I saw that you were coming on the show because I've followed your uh, journey with the horses, and um, I find it very hard to believe that you were frightened of a horse six years ago. But I would love to you to tell our listeners a little bit more about your Hungaroa Land Cruisers because they're, they're quite a special line of horses and I, you have recently imported uh, Cleveland Bays from Australia, haven't you? Yes, yes. Well, um, it's a little bit like my father coming from Southland. He could see what a region needed, erosion, and he got a plan in place and it's looking towards the future, the future generations. What are they going to be left with? Now, the sport horses, um, now, they're very unique um, to the station breeds. Mm. New Zealand station breeds are a very special breed that are actually globally unique to New Zealand, particularly the east coast of the North Island. Now, these horses, they've been purpose bred um, as far as withstanding the challenging environments of the New Zealand sheep and cattle stations. They're a fact of life. They're a necessity of life. Strength, stamina, intelligence, honesty, reliability being the qualities that these stockmen um, relied on. You know, as basically as they trusted their lives with these horses. Mm. Um, and 
these characteristics have led to very reliable sport horses, virtually at any level, right up to Olympic level. Now, the preservation of these horses in the standard of our past era is diminishing very, very rapidly. Um, I could see this. I mean, station reds are part of New Zealand's heritage. So there's something quite unique what I've taken. I've taken, I've gone right into the heart of Ruatori and picked up um, some the core foundation bloodline of a very, very good line of station breeds. And very lucky, very lucky. Um, and I've picked these up, and this is a new hobby. And I've, look, I've always had an affinity with horses. I rode station hacks when I was younger, but uh, I wasn't that confident on on jittery horses. So... Um, here so we are essentially, you're gonna you're gonna save the the station bread. Well, I'm not. No, there's look, there's plenty of station breeds around, but I've I've got a group of station breeds that is actually becoming quite unique. And in the past, there were thousands of these things. There's not thousands around now. They're mm. disappearing. So we're having a lot of fun, and we've got good station breeds. We're having a lot of fun with these. Um, just connecting up with them and so forth. We're still in the early stages, but look, it's getting quite a bit of momentum as far as the breeding base, the number of females we're producing. Now, back in the day, there's those East legendary East Coast breeders. They brought the Cleveland Bay in to enhance their station breeds. Now, they were, they were a fabulous breed, um, and there was a lot of success with these. The Cleveland Bays had like the station beds that all of a sudden they've been coming scarce. I don't think there's, look, I, there's less than a thousand purebeds left in the world. And these um, ones that you've imported, are they, I was, am I right in thinking they're the only ones in New Zealand? They're the only herd of purebed Cleveland Bays in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. So I've, you know, look, I've taken the station breeds from Paul Johnson of the East Coast, um, you know, a, a, a legendary breeder that Absolutely. had his finger on the button. Now, Absolutely. I've taken I've taken the Cleveland Bays from Brenda Broden in Western Australia. She's Queen Bee of in the Southern Hemisphere of, and she was about to disperse them. They're about to disappear. So uh, it's, it's been the same, and we've preserved. You know, we've we've still got these, um, and and they're fabulous bloodlines that Brenda had had built up. So I'm just so fortunate. I've got the easy job. Um, yeah. What's your hope to achieve with Malice? Because I mean, I I think it's fantastic, and obviously, like you say, there used to be thousands of them around, but people don't use horses on stations so much these days. You know, everyone had a horse back in the day, but um, there, there aren't so many. So, what is your hope? Or what are you trying to achieve with your breeding program? Well, I think primarily it's gone. The horse has gone from work to recreation now, mm. and it's probably preserved the station breeds that the recreational world. Um, uh, is going to have in the future still the Cleveland Bays are still going to be here for future generations to utilise if they if they want to um, and the same with the station breed I mean the work that Paul Johnson put into breeding was virtually just about there's a lot around but no one's got them in groups and focusing well there's not many there must be some but there's not many from what I see are, are actually focusing like those breeders were of that particular type yeah. So, yeah, it's opportunity for those of the future. Yeah. Well, I've got a horse, my horse is from Moratoria, and he's that kind of 
breeding and I think he's <laughs> he's like my other child so yeah I'm really interested in what you're doing I'll, I'll stop the horse chat there because I'll, I'll get told off if I go too too much with the horses but um yeah I, I think good on you and um look forward to seeing what you do with um the horses in the future I hear you guys also entered the Balance Farm Environment Awards last year so what was the key message around the planting and the soil stability work that you guys have done look um, in simple terms, Awapapa is 30% tree canopy and it's still producing above the district average. Coming through Cyclone Gabriel, we are looking at being back. We've got 175 paddocks, virtually, virtually no stock paddocks left after Gabriel. The erosion was, um, look, the, the, not massive, uh, not not massive slipping, but lots of small slips. I think looking, at, we'll be back in full production in spring. There'll still be some little bit of aftermath and so forth. We've dropped their stock numbers to half now. Um, we're hard at restoring all the fences. We're back up to 175. We will be doing the repairs out of cash flow. The message is that 30% tree canopy has saved our bacon big time. Um, it has worked. Now, the judging for the cyclone was done prior to Gabriel. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Our time is to be judged probably as better after the... Yeah. Alex, we've got to wrap it up there time-wise, but I do want to say when you look at the uh, the plantings, the pictures of the plantings you've done, the aerial shots and the likes, and, you know, that 30% canopy cover saved your bacon. That's the quote of the show or quote of the weekend so far. And, and it looks amazing as to how, not only how it looks visually, aesthetically, but it worked. It worked and it probably yeah. goes right back to you. Who's our man? Guthrie Smith, was it, uh, Bex? Um, yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and what he said after post 38 that we needed to have done before Bowler struck. So there you go. Got to wrap it up there. That is Gisborne farmer Alex Campbell. Um, some wonderful insight and uh, sharing some very tough times too. Um, but yeah. Acknowledging that the cash flow is king at the moment, and farmers, you've got plenty of it in most respects. So, yeah, but those are you feeling, vind- are you feeling vindicated? Hey? Oh, yeah, well, I do. <laughs> I feel very strongly that, and I, you know, I've been I, lately. I've just gone. I'm just hearing a bit too much chest thumping, and you know, like your returns, your money coming in is not too bad now compared to those who were whacked by Bowler and post-Roger Economics because you don't know the meaning of tough. Comp- and, 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 and Alex, paint he put underlines that for me. Yeah, Yeah. well, we did get a bit of uh, feedback, shall we say. Yeah, well, look, we got a bit of feedback uh, on Groundswell. Last, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And, and they said, you know, we'll have us on the show, which we have had them on the show many, yeah, times many times before. Exactly. But we are going to you can all, take, taking him up on his offer. Yeah, we can all start from a position of uh, of a similar outcome, but it's how we get there. That's what we're dis- disagreeing on. So I wouldn't say that my view um, on Groundswell is disgusting, although some have descri- described as that. But that's coming up here on Rex Real Exchange.